This show is for adult listeners and may contain harsh language, violence, and listener discretion is advised. This podcast is dedicated to Edmonton True Crime. This is episode 10. My sources are Wikipedia, CBC News, and Murderpedia. A.K.A. Dexter, Copycat Killer. Classification, Murderer. Characteristics, Dismemberment, compared himself to the fictional serial killer Dexter Morgan. Number of victims, 1. Date of murder, October 10th, 2008. Date of arrest, October 31st, 2008. Date of birth, July 4th, 1979. Victim profile, John Brian Johnny Altinger, 38. Method of murder, stabbing with a knife. Location, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Status, sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole for 25 years on April 12, 2011. Background. Born in Edmonton, Alberta, Twitchell dreamed of making blockbuster films and graduated from the Radio Television Arts Program at the Northern Alberta Institute of Technology in 2000. In 2007, Twitchell directed Star Wars Secrets of the Rebellion, a full-length fan film prequel set a few days prior to Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Secrets of the Rebellion, including a cameo by Jeremy Bullock, a British actor best known for his role as bounty hunter Boba Fett in the original Star Wars films. The film, still in post-production, never saw release. Twitchell also scripted Day Players, a buddy comedy. In September 2008, he shot a short horror film entitled House of Cards at a garage he rented in the south end of Edmonton. Murder John Brian Johnny Altinger was a 38-year-old male who worked at an oil field equipment manufacturer at the time of his disappearance. He informed his friend that he was meeting a woman he had met on the online dating website plentyoffish.com. His friends became concerned when they received strange emails from Altinger, explaining that he had met a woman who was taking him on a long vacation to Costa Rica. Altinger's boss received a resignation letter by email, but never got a response to his request for forwarding address for Altinger's final paycheck. After growing more and more suspicious, several of Altinger's friends broke into his condo only to find his passport, dirty dishes, and no indication anything had been packed. A homicide investigation was soon launched by the Edmonton Police Service. Altinger discovered too late that Twitchell had posted as a woman online in order to lure him into a kill room set up in a rented garage being used as a film studio. Twitchell bludgeoned and stabbed Altinger before cutting him apart, partially burning him, and then dumping his remains in garbage bags into the storm sewer. Trial During the trial, Twitchell's interest in the television series Dexter was noted repeatedly and his personal identification with its lead character, Dexter Morgan, a vigilante serial killer, prompted several media outlets to refer to him as the Dexter Killer. Another document found on Twitchell's laptop did not make its way into the evidence file for the jury to read during his trial. Entitled A Profile of a Psychopath, and believed by investigators to have been written by Twitchell, it is a self-analysis of personality and behavior. 
On April 12, 2011, Twitchell was convicted of first-degree murder for the death of Altinger and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole for 25 years. Twitchell related an improbable account to police of having met Altinger before his trip to Costa Rica. According to Twitchell, Altinger sold his Mazda 6 to Twitchell for $40 Canadian, all the cash Twitchell had on hand. The police, not believing this story, impounded Twitchell's laptop and car and found Altinger's blood in the car's trunk. Police arrested Twitchell on October 31, 2008, and on the same day charged him with first-degree murder of Altinger. Some of the description in convicted murder Mark Twitchell's alleged diary was so lurid that the Crown, defense, and judge decided it was too inflammatory to be presented to the jury. The evidence the jury didn't hear was at times as disturbing as the facts they did hear. Warning. Graphic content may disturb some listeners. Twitchell, if one of the passages on his document found on his laptop is true, cut the head off his victim and played with it like a hand puppet. I grabbed his jaw with my gloved hand and moved it while making a funny voice to make it look like it was talking and chuckled to myself at the total silliness of it all, it read. The passage was among many that were under the publication ban until the jury was sequestered Tuesday afternoon to reach a verdict. Among the other information not shown to the jury were the author's thoughts on organized religion and on murdering human beings. Religion, he wrote, is for suckers. There are no deities or religious undertones in my life at all, he wrote. I have no place for them and I find the whole concept of religion detestable. It is all a big, corrupt power grab designed to take advantage of simple-minded common folk. He talked about cutting open the torso of the victim and watching the organs slowly collapse. If I had a sense of smell, this might be disgusting for me, but I only find it fascinating. The author talked about killing. Most people fantasize and it only ever stays a fantasy. They don't have the disposition or the stomach to go all the way through with their dark urges, but I do. Later he went on, I do not have any reservations about disposing of the negative people in this world who deserve a one-way ticket to the afterlife, if there's such thing that exists. He said one person he really wanted to dispatch was an ex-boss. The man, he wrote, was a twisted old fart who hated life and everything in it. I owed it to the world to remove him from the glorious surface and would take my chance when I was ready. The author also self-diagnosed himself as mentally unstable, but Justice Terry Clarkson ruled the jury should not hear it because the terminology was emotionally loaded and that Twitchell, if he was writing as the truth, would not be in a position to properly diagnose himself. I had found out through introspection and discussion with therapists that I am in fact a psychopath in almost every clinical defined sense, he wrote. The key piece of evidence presented by the Crown at Twitchell's first-degree murder trial was a document entitled SK Confessions, where the SK stood for serial killer, which was recovered from Twitchell's laptop despite being deleted. The document begins with a passage. This story is based on true events. The names and events were altered slightly to protect the guilty. This is a story of my progression into becoming a serial killer. It goes on to describe in detail the author's extensive planning, failed first attempt, 
and successful second attempt at murdering a man by luring him into his garage using fake online dating profiles. It also describes the process of dismembering the victim's body and his numerous attempts to dispose of the remains. During his trial, Twitchell admitted to killing Altinger and authoring the document. However, he contended that he acted in self-defense and that much of the document it was a fictionalization of the events. He claimed that the mindset of the author, which portrayed the killing as deliberate and intentional, was sensationalized in the attempt to make a more compelling novel. Court heard Twitchell juggled the life of being a young dad with having a girlfriend on the side and a female American online pal with whom he shared his dark secrets. Attempted Murder Twitchell, convicted of first-degree murder in the online luring death of Johnny Altinger, still faced an attempted murder charge for his alleged attack on Gilles Chetault. Chetault testified that he was lured off the website plentyoffish.com expecting a date with a woman only to be attacked by a man in a mask with a stun baton when he arrived at the garage rented by Twitchell. Chetault escaped but did not report the attack to police. He claims that he did not report the attack because he was embarrassed. He was nicknamed the one who got away by several media outlets. Crown Prosecutor had not immediately decided if they would pursue the charge of attempted murder upon securing a conviction of first-degree murder. But a conviction of attempted murder would not add to the life sentence Twitchell had already received. Under Canadian law, charges can only be heard together if they are linked in some way. Court of Queen's Bench Justice Terry Clarkson was not convinced by the prosecution's argument that the attack on Gilles Trutolt and the murder of Johnny Altinger were part of the same transaction. He ordered the charges to be severed and heard separately. The offenses are related and connected but, st but remain discreet, Justice Clarkson wrote in his reasons for the decision. As a result, the attempted murder charge cannot stand on the same indictment as the charge of murder because they are different transactions. On June 17, 2011, an attempted murder charge against convicted killer Mark Twitchell was stated in the Court of Queen's Bench of Alberta. Crown prosecutors have one year to resurrect the charge, which was laid for an alleged attack by Twitchell on Edmontonian Gilles Trotolt. Since his conviction of first-degree murder secured a maximum sentence, life in prison with no parole eligibility for 25 years, there was no need to proceed with more charges, and the attempted murder against Twitchell was eventually dropped. Media Controversy Extensive media coverage of the case created debate both inside and outside of the courtroom, with observations arguing in favor and against the media reporting on sensational details of the crime. Prior to the criminal trial taking place, Crown prosecutors and the defense also sought vast publication bans and sealing orders over the police evidence, preventing the media from reporting on the details of the case until the jury would hear it during the future trial. But the judge eventually agreed to both sealing order and publication ban stating in his ruling that there is a real risk that pretrial publicity will undermine the accused's constitutionally protected right to a fair trial.
The jury pool was then pulled through challenge for cause procedure to determine if a potential juror had been influenced by extensive media coverage prior to the publication bans taking effect. When the bans were lifted, a substantial media presence attended and reported on the trial, including American television programs, Dateline NBC, and CBS 48 Hours Mystery. A forthcoming true crime book is also in the works by journalist author Steve Lillibuen. After his first-degree murder conviction, Twitchell used an extensive media coverage of his case as grounds for appeal. He argued in his notice of appeal that the media attention surrounding my case was so extensive, so blatantly and so overtly sensationalized that it's unreasonable to expect any unsequestered jury to have remained influenced by it, regardless of judges' instructions in the charge. Twitchell also says sufficient evidence was presented to raise reasonable doubt on all required bases, but suggests his defense lawyer did not properly address key points on state of mind and credibility. He says those key points include his advanced knowledge of computers and significant differences between himself and a document found buried in the deleted files of his laptop called SK Confessions, which the Crown called his diary and he claimed was a work of fiction. Twitchell claims his computer knowledge is much more advanced than the average user, which undermines the implication that he would use one to carry out a crime and destroys uh, the suggestion he deleted SK confession to hide or erase evidence or thought it unrecoverable. He also claimed the significant differences in the philosophical worldview and individual search for meaning between himself and SK confessions was not discussed. Twitchell also goes after Crown prosecutors for improperly using evidence, including his lying to his girlfriend, his wife, and police, to take away his credibility. This led the jury to make an inappropriate and skewed character judgment, concluding I'm a lifetime liar, he said, claiming the evidence was not only supposed to be used to determine the veracity of SK confessions. The Crown's theory leans on too many fallacies, of logic and contradictions in reasoning to make any sense, he concludes. This must be corrected. He abandoned his appeal in 2012. Stay tuned for part two. Thanks for listening. This is a part of the ACAST Production Network. <laughs>